0: Come on, Juggs!
1: Welcome to Draw Lose or Draw, our weekly podcast covering all things Partick Thistle. Joining me this week to look back on another defeat, we've got a a panel full of second appearances. Vinny Ferguson's back. Vinny, how are you?
2: Uh, I'm very well, thank you very much for having me. I um, have a bit of a middle class problem this evening though. Um, When I was making dinner this evening, uh, I I managed to get some paprika in my eye. Um, So I've got a bit of a vision issue at the moment, but you know, first world problems and whatnot other than that i'm fine what were you making um it was it was very nice actually we, we've been mad into uh, the the gusto kind of thing we, we were trying to shake up our dinners a wee bit so this evening we had spanish style chicken and charred pepper salad which is very pleasant other than uh not being able to see it but it smelled nice and tasted nice
1: did you follow that uh footy page on twitter <laughs> where's that one? <laughs> yeah, in the
3: yeah, did you see? Did you did you see that someone managed to sneak in a uh, a box into Fir Hill?
1: Oh, so impressive! A munchie box,
2: munchy box. I,
0: yeah. Yeah. I, I was with um, Mark and Kieran in the other stand, and I think maybe it was Mark. Or, you know, we've ever seen it on Twitter. He goes, "Someone's got a fucking munchie box," and we spent about 20 minutes of the game, like locating them and trying to figure out who it was and figure out how he got it in and um, Mark was even like texting people at the club going how did this guy get him a munchie box are they selling munchie boxes now and I was like god it's like Vichy France the collaborationists I can giving them giving them away to the authorities but um yeah and <laughs> what what well, time it like? I
3: do I do remember and then I don't know if you do remember when Furhill introduced nachos for a time
2: what
3: I the, remember I remember
2: I remember the hot dogs I, I was that was at the same time hot dogs and nachos
3: yeah and there was there was nachos with like this i mean they they claimed it was cheese but it was just it it looked like some sort of radioactive it was it it just it was awful but i remember like we would go purposely to the game a little bit early to secure the (laughs) nachos but that was like when we still like that's when we still sat the jackie husband and everything and was you know right we were right underneath the um the red seats now a perfect view but um the, the you know the the chat level was um was to be desired
0: <laughs> i know this is literally like like four minutes in and you've not even got the second person to say hello yet but i do no. want to mention do you remember when um they got a pizza stand on like the 28th of february 2020 <laughs> And then they had it for one game and then everything got shut down for nine months and then it was just not there. And when we came back, it was like one week they brought in pizza and they made this big huge thing for great pizza. It's going to be great. And then like all football gets stopped and we never seen it again in the Jackie.
1: Have uh, you made that up?
0: No, I swear to God. I, I swear I on my life.
3: Never heard that.
0: There was a pizza stand for one week and it was a week before the pandemic and then it got shut down and never seen again. It was in the... Um, it was in the concourse in New Jacky. It was one of the the ones along the way, but yeah, it was a pizza stand and it was literally one week and then gone.
2: Did this coincide with when they started bringing entertainment into the concourse as well, and they would have live music and stuff? No, I no, have, this is, I, I it, haven't dreamt this. This definitely happened.
0: Well, I, I'm I'm intrigued in this. Like, who 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 the hell are they getting to do live music in in the concourse at the jackie Husbands? It, I mean, it was the must have been
3: heights. <laughs>
2: Um, but, but uh, uh, yeah I, I wish it was uh, uh, Heather but uh, s- sadly not but it was so you, you had like Alison doing her, her uh, 50-50 tickets you had the old programme stall and then you had a busker there you know with the guitar case in front of them on it I, I really hope someone can corroborate this because I'm now starting to question my own memory <laughs> I'm sure I saw it <laughs> and heard it I'm,
1: I must totally zone out when I'm going through the concourse I can remember none of this
2: uh,
0: no, I can't
1: mean, remember the, the, the pizzas or the buskers.
0: I mean, what a start to this episode, because you're going to go, also joining us. <laughs> um...
1: <laughs> Thanks for joining us. I, no, I was going to say, I, I smuggled a KFC bonus banquet into the, the only nightclub in East Kilbride once, and when I saw the Munchie Boxing for hell I, I could I could relate to that, you know, game recognises game. Um <laughs> Also joining us, uh, as you've heard, is Heather Holloway, back for her second appearance, back for the first time in two years, as you found out when you opened up your Skype, which we've, some, for some reason, record on. Heather, how are you doing?
3: I'm absolutely great. Thank you. Thank you for having me back on. I'm currently in Orkney, you know, just a way aside there. So, but very much happy to be here and looking forward to talking about all things JAGS.
2: I, I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm a wee bit starstruck. So, am I speaking to Wee Honk?
3: You are indeed, yeah, of course. <laughs> that I
2: know. Takes back me in back. the
3: days, I, I bet. Well, I still have that top. Oh,
2: do. you? I still fit
3: in, yeah. I still fit in that top somehow. <laughs> it, at times, it, it comes out for um, a cu- uh, Scottish Cup away days. Uh, oh, but that's yeah. No, that, good times. That definitely.
2: Oh, brilliant!
3: Uh, I haven't. I haven't been. I haven't been addressed as that or called that for. A very long time, so it feels good. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm sorry to bring you back down to that level. it's, just Although because,
3: it's fine, well, like,
2: you're, you're obviously a fully grown adult now and everything like that, but like whenever, yeah. like whenever, in, in the distance, if I see you at the games or anything like that, I'm like, there's a wee honk. <laughs> yeah,
3: that's it. I know. I haven't changed that much, but um, there's still that picture. There's that picture that Tommy Taylor always shows whenever he sees me of um, me and Armandoni with that top one and then it's that it's that so they took a picture basically it was like on a the first it was you remember they used to do it it was absolutely brilliant and i wish they'd bring it back and when you used to go and meet all the new players at fur hill
2: right that's right
3: so you used to go and like i remember my my, so my dad would bring you know like um a, a camera like a disposable camera that you'd wind up
2: yeah yeah
3: so instead of like going on your holiday, like my dad would buy a new one of them for going to meet the players at Fir Hill. and you know, and and we would get pictures, and then Tommy Taylor, they were trying to show how tall Armandoni was, so they were like, right, let's find the smallest fan who's here, and and then put and then put them again, you know, and then so then they had a photo, and they made Armandoni take his shoes off. And then I'm in my and then, and it's a picture of me like gazing up at him and um and it's brilliant. I'll send it some. It's it's a it's that's going of wee honk era because that was the age I was when I got that talk. But um but yeah, and it was like to show the you know the juxtaposition of how tall he was compared to our smallest fan. But it's brilliant because so many people commented on it being like oh like what a lovely wee boy and and that's it because my <laughs> all, all the way all the way through the fit until I was in secondary school like people referred to us as Alan and his boys because we all had you know we all had short hair and our football tops on and not like my dad or me no one corrected it we're like yeah and then it kind of got to a certain stage where I was like no I actually I'm a girl <laughs> and I no longer and I think that's when I stopped being known as wee honk for a while so yeah but I still it's still it's still part of me.
0: <laughs> two, two things I wanted to ask about that. Um, first, first of all, I'm, I'm a bit, I'm a bit you didn't do what you usually do for really tall things and measure them in London buses. You know how they always used to go, this is like the size of 18 London buses. Um, uh, and
3: he was the size of, he was it was the size of about four wee honks That's I think, what the, what the, the, what the thistle, the thistle equivalent of that was.
0: I'm going to use that as a unit of measurement from now on. Just, <laughs> guys, it's five humps. five have to, see, to the road. that's
3: That's uh, well, I'll send I'll send the picture onto the Twitter because um it's you'll really see like, I really was very small, and the fact that he doesn't have shoes on really adds to it as well. It's just brilliant.
0: Brilliant. You know how like you were saying about how you got a disposable camera like when you go on holiday and stuff like that. You know how when you went on holiday you never finished the film and you need to like take pictures of your fireplace or something like that at the <laughs> yeah. end just to use up the film. Did you have to do that with like, all the old players that had been there for like, no, five no, years? No, well, no.
3: Well, actually, well because. <laughs> Because what we would do is, like, we'd get a picture of, like, me with all, like, with one of them, or then and my brother with one of them, and then my dad with them. So, like, you were getting three lots of pictures for each person. But then also, you know, and then there were certain people that you didn't, obviously, at that time, because of like there wasn't social media, you didn't know who people were. So, you just had to kind of walk up to them and be like, Are you um, Scott Chaplin? Are you Ryan Mix? McS- are you ryan mcstee i remember my dad I, I i remember we used to decide we used to look at the list of new signings and decide who our favorite player was going to be for that year and i remember we were watching a, we were at a friendly and i had decided that scott chaplin was going to be my favorite player and my dad wrongly identified ryan McStay as him and ryan mcstee gave away two goals and I remember being absolutely gutted. I was like, "Oh, I chose this, this guy, and he's awful." And then realised that, you know, a few a few games on when the season actually started, you know what? Scott Chaplin was all right, and it was Ryan McStay who was this, you know, you know, ghost of a player.
2: Yeah, a chap, yeah, was a good choice in the end. Yeah,
3: it was. It was brilliant. And I um, and and I was mascot. And Scott and I ran out of Scott Chaplin and it was that really famous time. I mean, famous. It's Holloway famous. And the um, and that Vinny, you might be quite so pal- like you know, around with my brother at that point. And I did the toss and the the pound coin sat in the grass and it like was on its side, and they no had way. to redo it. Oh uh-huh. wow. And like and there's and there's a video of it on that old Facebook, you know, that party this old, old Facebook photos. Yeah. Oh, There's a wow. video of it. I'll 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 tag you in it. It's really well I mean we find it really funny because you can see everyone leans over and then bursts out laughing because the you know <laughs> because the coin's on its side and no one knows what to do.
2: Listen that that could be a first in world football.
3: Well, yeah, I'm, yeah I'm I think it
2: was. i that to the it, knowledge, regarding
0: knowledge. See, is, is this happened anywhere else?
3: Has it, no, that was it. Because I mean, you see, it's Kevin James. Because we're against Falkirk, and he just leans, <laughs> he giant. like stands, he stands back, yeah, and guffaws. Like he just finds it the funniest thing. Um, oh, it's it's great. Um, because again, Tommy Taylor will bring that up every so often too. Because it was, I'm um, quite memorable memorable for these things, apparently. <laughs> Anyway, that's that, that,
0: that, 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 That's as far as my thistle career goes. <laughs> <laughs> a glittering, uh, a glittering career, never, never to
3: be repeated. No,
1: and also joining us, as you have heard, is David Forrest. David, how are you?
0: Hello, I'm well. Um, uh, uh, judging from the start of this episode, it looks like it's going to be a fun one, so I'm looking forward to it, even if we have to discuss the game on Saturday.
1: I <laughs> we're 18 minutes into the recording and we've we'll just get through the intros. David, I'm I'm glad you you're still going to talk to us. Now you're famous raking in a fee for appearing on uh, Graeme Spears' podcast. you big shot.
0: I, I I'm I'm getting in with the media big, like See when we get some daft journals on to draw as or drawing like at Archie McPherson or something like that. Um, on that that you know that will be all me. It's 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 a it's a living.
1: <laughs> and with Vinny, I'll start with you. We'll talk about. The football, as we've not really spoken about so far. Um, Kilmarnock away on the Saturday, just gone there. Team News, Brian Graham, still not involved. We also had uh, Lewis Mayo away on international duty and Ricky Foster was out, was out with an injury as well, uh, as was Crawford not in the squad. What did you make of the Team News when it was announced at about two o'clock on Saturday?
2: Um yeah, it was it was pretty grim. It's always a it's always a bad sign when you look at the subs bench and you have no idea who a couple of the players are. Um, we we were talking about Heather's experiences back in the day of you know before social media and things like that. Of um, you know we would sign players and you wouldn't necessarily know what they looked like or or, or who they were. Um, so it was a bit a bit of a throwback to that, to be honest. I've I've heard that Brian Graham has is uh, contrary to Many rumours that have been circulating. Um, he has had COVID and uh, been suffering quite quite badly from it. Um, so hopefully he's on the mend because that is he's, he's that talismanic talismanic striker that you know we've been missing for so many years and it's, it's been great having him in, in the team for you know the last two years and he's scored so many goals, so many contributions, but. You know, aside from that, he's he's a leader on the pitch, and you know, he it, it brings a lot to to the team despite his, um, his his age at the moment. So he's been a huge miss. Obviously, Mayo was um, otherwise um, uh, engaged, which is which is fine. But yeah, I think just these constant injuries, these absentees, are uh, it's is causing concern, and it has disrupted the flow of the team significantly recently. However, on, on a more optimistic note, I'm one of these happy clappy fans. It is good to see some of the very, very young players at least getting the, the experience of, um, of of match day, being in and around the squad and whatnot, because that's, that's the whole point of the academy. We want these guys to be introduced. And um, yeah, ev- even if they're there just to make up a few numbers and not actually get on the pitch, it's, it's good to have them involved.
1: The academy's actually had a good couple of weeks with. A few kids getting into the the match day squad and some some Scotland youth team action as well and goal scoring, um so so good on them. No, I, I was a bit concerned about Graham because you saw Docker do the the interviews for the women's team on on Friday afternoon as late as that and it wasn't really looking good then for Graham. Heather, were you in confident mood on Saturday morning?
3: Well, I must admit actually that I decided that it was the the only reason that Thistle had conceded eight in the last two was because I was there. Um, I decided that was the contributing factor so I actually abstained from going to Kilmarnock on Saturday and I thought that maybe would improve the team well I mean it was less goals so we could maybe say um that was the case but um I actually I have to say I backed us more after those two losses than I thought I would I thought maybe we would come out and just kind of perform the way that you know after a few losses that we can you know just shake it off and try something different and when seeing the subs bench and seeing you know some very strange names on there I thought well maybe like you know as the kind of classic saying is put the young ones on they don't have anything to lose and um, and give them a shot also remembering what happened last time we went there when when we obviously when Zach Rudin scored so early and then we managed to see out the game there was that classic part of this, oh it happened once it could happen again mentality. Uh, my dad, I have to say, did send my brother and I a text afterwards, after the game, saying hope is restored. So, my, I, um, Vinny, I think you will agree with me that my dad is one of the most happy, clappy, optimistic fans in the world, in in not just part-fistled terms, but football terms. Um, and, but for him to say hope is restored, maybe that hopefully means that in some way, shape or form, it was an OK game. <laughs>
1: David, you were there at Rugby Park on on Saturday. Would you back that up? Is your hope restored? Are you back at sixty-six percent chance of winning the title?
0: Oh yeah, sixty-six uh, percent of winning the title. Absolutely, definitely. Um, <laughs> so, um, going into it, I thought we were not great for the first half. So, like the, the free kick, I thought was shocking. I I literally said in my seat, "That is going in, right?" And it was. If, I, my, my general metric is if I could score this free kick in FIFA then you really should be defending this better but it was I could see before the kick was taken that is going in no doubt and sure enough it went in as inevitable as anything and they kind of dropped their heads a little bit but they they were all over the place a little bit but I think a lot of people would have said that the 11 of the people that we had there that was the 11 that you were making basically not playing Stephen Bell um, but, like, you know, the formation we were playing and stuff, I think people were quite happy with what we had. That maybe we could get something out of there. Yeah, 1-0. When the free kick went in, the head dropped. When it went to 2-0, you're like, this is done. And then when it got to 2-1, when the, the, the goal went in, I think, Matt, I think you'd left. Yeah, you had, you'd left by the time that they scored. Yeah, but at that point, they really rallied round. And, I mean, I spoke to some commander fans after the game. Um, and the problem and stuff like that. And they were quite worried that they were going to concede a second. I can absolutely see it because we absolutely went went for the throat with them um, in the last 10-15 minutes once we got that goal. And arguably should have got a, a second from that from that um, spell of pressure. But it's all the more infuriating that the, like they, they they put in a performance that was you know a lot of pressure and actually looked really good for the last 10-15 minutes but the, re- the other 75 minutes, there, w- there was none of that, and it was like, well, well, why not? Why why have you just suddenly switched a gear now that that goal's went in? Why were you not playing at that sort of intensity before? Because it clearly works, and it was just, it, they, they did look a lot better in the last 10-15 minutes, and I do still have hope that they, they will turn it around and at least do something and uh, based on that last 10-15 minutes, but it is quite annoying that it left it so late to do that. If we'd done that from the start, of the second half, we probably could have got a draw or even one if we kept up that pressure. I think the first David. I have thing- to say Sorry that
3: the thing about what you said with um, the last fifteen minutes, I was listening on um, Open All mics because I was quite like, you know, getting that kind of uh, feel for the game and hearing what's going on in the other games. And actually, they, obviously the obviously Thistle Kilmarnock was the chosen game, so the one they were focusing on, and we kept on saying, keep listening because we think Thistle are going to uh, call this back and get a point. So it wasn't just the Thistle fans, as you say, that were thinking, oh, this has been quite a good spell of pressure. You know, from the, you know, the trained eye on uh, Sports Sound, they were thinking the same. The, the one thing I did find quite hard on Sports Sound was that Chris Doolin was doing the commentary and they kept on asking him, Dools, do you think you would have scored that goal? Apparently, all the chances we had were chances that, a Chris Doolin would score, and that is just what we're missing—a striker that can go and make the difference in those in those closing moments.
0: To be fair, guess Kilmarnock, Doolin had a great record, so he probably would have scored all the chances because he
1: loved a goal against Kilmarnock. He did. Now, the, the frustrating thing for me about about Saturday, I think you could split the sort of performance up into maybe three bits. I thought defensively we were we were sound and compared to the last two games. I know compared to the last two games is it's a very low bar because they were clown-shoes efforts against Hamilton and Furman. But we were we were pretty solid, and we, we kept Comarnock at bay, apart from two individual mistakes from Kevin Holt. I would say I could all a bit culpable for the first as well. And Kevin Holt has been possibly our best defender this season. Uh, it was unlike him to let the ball bounce for the first and then a slack pass into midfield for the second. But other than that, I can't really remember Sneddon having too much to do. It was just going in the other way, where it was... As you've said, David's so lacklustre for 75 minutes, and maybe a, a dueling type striker at the end would have snatched us a point, but f- the sort of midfield and, and wide positions, I think, were were really lacking creativity, something to penetrate defences like Kilmarnock, who are quite happy to sit in once they get a goal in front. That game suited Kilmarnock down to a tee on Saturday. They got a goal from a set-piece early on, killed it off at the start of the second half, and then they could just sit in and... It, it played right into hands, even though we did have the late onslaught. Vinny, I'm going to ask you: Has taunting an opposing striker who's who's quite good at football uh, ever worked?
2: Um, no, not for me personally. Um, although I, I was I was at the, uh, the the Poland game last week, and um, we we sit quite near the front. And I have this thing of pretending I don't love sitting near the front and I have to do it because I've got wee kids with me and they like sitting down near the front. But it's, it's, it's amazing. You're that close to the players, but I try not to be excited about it. Um, so just a couple of rows in front of me, there were, there were a lot of wee guys and um, uh, one of the, the, the Polish players had, had a chance um, in the second half, which he blazed over the bar um, to which one of the young people in front of me shouted, Siebo! And I was just so impressed that this—I mean, when did Philip Siebel last play <laughs> in Scotland? Like, I'm, I'm just so impressed that he's still, a, you know, a a, a popular cultural uh, uh, reference. Um, so I'm, no, I'm sure as, that affected the polls. Last week. Um, right, as Josie
1: Mourinho said, that that's football heritage right there. <laughs>
2: um, so, you know, for for me personally, I've 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 never really had that that, that input. Not a striker. But the, the the one thing that sticks out in my head of, of taunting an opposition player was uh, when Alec Gray was player manager of Dundee. Vinny, I had that
3: too. That's what I nice. <laughs> in 2007.
2: So, oh, there you go. You've got the date and everything, Heather. But it was just, it was magnificent. I think he, I think it was the equal. I, I, I remember we beat Dundee 3-1 that day because my, I, I got called away from the game. Because my car registration got called out over the, over the PA system and my, my window got tanned in my car, so I missed the second half. But um, Alec Ray, I think, scored the equaliser. I think we were 1 0 up and he ran to the Thistle fans. He'd already been booked. Two, two, ran two, to the Thistle one. fans. 2 1. Thank you, Heather. Ran to the Thistle fans, cupping his ears because obviously we'd, it's, it's Alec Ray um, and, and we'd been um, having one or two words uh, with him throughout the game. Cup in his ears, got his second booking, and he was off the pitch. Uh, and then hilariously, um, because he was player manager, he tried to just stay in the dugout. And Thistle fans are going nuts, saying he should be in the dressing room or up in the stand. And the referee got wind of this and went over to tell Alec Ray to get out the dugout and that he was sent off and shouldn't be anywhere near the pitch. And Alec Ray <laughs> saw this happen and totally bottled it. And jumped over the advertised boards and then ran up to, to sit in the main stand, um, which was just brilliant to see someone thinking, oh, no, I'm going to get in trouble and, and, and run away. Seeing a fully grown man responding that way was fantastic. So unfortunately, not, not a striker example, but a thoroughly enjoyable one, as, as Heather, I'm sure, will agree.
3: Yeah, oh, I so I was in primary seven and we used to have to do... Um, every week we had to write about current affairs so you had to choose a newspaper article <laughs> and I always remember that I did like every every so often I chose um a football one and like my teacher allowed me to do like one every two months because you know it, you know it, it couldn't be my whole current affairs daughter could be about party pistol so uh, I, I and I was, I was so happy that I'd saved it and I remember my headline was uh, no ray of sunshine at Fir Hill. And I remember being so proud of that. And I think that was maybe the kind of first thing when I was like, oh, of course I was born to be a teacher when I can still remember what my newspaper article was in primary 7, but uh, that was a big moment.
1: Can, can we rewind a bit, Vinny? Like, I only thought fake registration plates were read right out of football games. What happened there?
2: Uh, yeah, it was a bit of a shocker, obviously. It, it happens quite often. And... That way, you're just sitting and enjoying the game, and uh, it, it was—I th- I think it was maybe the second or third time they, they repeated it—and I was like, "That's that's my Reggie plate." So then I went—I went up. To, they contact your nearest steward, so I went up to talk to the steward, and he was like, "I'm really sorry about it. It's the police that have contacted us. Uh, we're worried your car's getting broken into." So I, I went down to to where it was parked, just um, uh, uh, just at Queen's Cross. And yes, yeah, sure enough, my, my window had been tanned. Uh, and I knew the policeman who was on the scene and everything like that. Um, the, the vandals, the dirty vandals, uh, obviously didn't realise that I had well over um, two grand worth of musical equipment in the car and uh, didn't lift any of that. It just broke the window and, and scarpered. Uh, so more fool them.
1: <laughs> David, Anna, a less serious and uh, quite sad note. Can we make the playoffs?
0: Yeah, I think we can. Um, it seems to me that Inverness and Wraith Rovers are equally as bad as us. I know I know Wraith Rovers are three one up against our broth, but as well as they shat the bed and, and ended up three each against our broth. I, I think we can do it. I, I don't think it's gonna be a comfortable, you know, it will be a last day thing where we'll we'll scrape it. The Wraith game is a big one. If we can beat Wraith Rovers, then we'll Will definitely be there. I think. I think that whoever wins that will be there, and I, I think that we can do it. To be honest, speaking to some people, are Wraith Rovers fans, they don't seem particularly confident, um, in them getting to the playoffs. And I think that we 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 will turn it around and get just enough to get into the playoffs, I, and obviously win the title because sixty-six <laughs> percent and that. But you know, aye. Exactly.
1: No, I agree. I think the the Wraith game's looking like the big one in in a few weeks' time. Just going back to your point about uh, Wraith, was it shit in the bed at our broth, David? If there was ever ever a time where we in the future were three one up at our growth and you turned to me and said, Would you take a three three? it would be a, a, a hard yes. A hard yes. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, I know, absolutely I would, but you know, it's no us that it happened to
1: so it's funny. Heather, looking ahead to, to Saturday and our it for how do you want to have a chat about the the minutes of applause that's planned for that game?
3: Yeah, thank you so much um, for giving me the time to speak about this. I also want to dispel, I think, a rumour that was spread, uh, not a bad one at all, that I'm uh, Robert Watson's niece. I think that was what was posted. And actually, we're just family friends with the Watsons and have been for a while. My dad and uh, Robert Watson Senior, because they, um, Robert Watson, they both have the same name. So there's senior and junior. And Robert Watson Senior and my dad are... Um, Big fans of the We Are Thistle forum, and have uh, been friends on that for years, and that's really how we uh, built that connection with um, Robert and his family. And um, so it's five years since Robert passed away, and um, it was just something that and my dad and and his father and a lot of people who really remember and have really fun memories of Robert discuss would be uh, a great way to remember him, as um, he was a fantastic, inspirational. A person to do with, you know, he was a trailblazer for disabled rights and didn't let his diagnosis, um, really, you know, affect, um, his, you know, uh, he had such a great life, going on holidays, going to the football. He was a power chair footballer. He went to lots of concerts and, um, just a, an all around great guy. But so, but you know, he just bled red and yellow as to his whole family. And I think this will be a really special moment. And some people might not know this, but in the um, John Lambie stand, there is a plaque for Robert um, on the kind of first, the kind of first entryway in. Um, and that's where Robert's dad stands and enjoys, you know, watching the football in his way with his son. And this will be a really, really special moment for him. And thank you so much for supporting this. And um just really want to get the word out there and just make sure this is, you know, a really uh, a symbolic moment for the family and for all the Thistle fans.
1: Brilliant, thanks for that, Heather. So that's the the 31st minute on Saturday's home game against Arbroath. Um, David, back on the field. What sort of game are you expecting on Saturday? We've spoken all season about how we've struggled against Arbroath since we were relegated. I believe it's it's six league matches we've played against them now, and only only a couple of points in that time. What sort of game are you expecting on Saturday?
0: Jesus. um, <laughs> I think it's. I mean, we, we joked about the pitch, about how we need to out our broth, our broth, and, you know, make the pitch really hard for them to play on and kind of use it to our advantage and stuff like that. And now that that game has come where we, we kind of need to do that, there is some encouragement in the, our last performance against our broth, we were really great in the second half and had realistically probably should have won the game Um, if we hadn't started so slow we probably would have and similarly the last 15 minutes against we were really really good and it, it shows a bit of, a, a, bit, a, a, bit of nous, a bit of something that we can use to try and get a result. We haven't beaten our both in like 20 years now I know that a lot of it was because they were in like League 2 and we were in the Premiership and stuff like that but it's like 20 years that we've not beaten them and that obviously you, you kind of think about the hoodoo quite a lot with these sort of games where, um, yeah, you know, it's going to be tough. Our both are kind of on the ropes. I think if they lose this game on Saturday, the title is gone and it is Kilmarnock's. So they will be absolutely up for it. I mean, you can see from the game against Rafe Rovers, they were 3-1 down and they pulled it back to three each. Um, they do have a bit of fight in them. I mean, it's going to be a hard-fought, gritty, blood-and-thunder game. And it might not be pretty at times, but I think it's going to be very exciting. It's going to be difficult for both teams, and yeah, I'm interested to see how it goes.
1: Vinny, how do you see the the starting eleven shaping up on Saturday?
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh jinx! Uh, who knows? It's it, it, it depends so much on how this week's train. Th- I think it's good that we've had. Uh, presumably a, a full week's training. It gives uh, some players a chance to, to get fit. We've not had that midweek game getting in the way. Um as, as, as much as it would pain some people to hear it, I, th- I think we really do miss uh, Ricky Foster when, when he's not playing, or sorry, Richard Foster, uh, when when he's when he's not playing. Um, whether it's his experience or his surprising amount of energy and, and pace. Um so I th- I think he'll be a a big miss if, if he's continues to be injured. We don't know the, the, the full extent of that, but obviously he's been in and out um, of the team. He didn't look great. He, he came off against Unfermline, wasn't it? It was that game he came off and he was hobbling quite a bit during that. And then obviously you, you have your concerns up front as well. Is, is Brian Graham going to be fit? Because I'm I'm not sure Juan uh, Alegre is quite there yet. I'm, I'm not sure we can rely on on, on him. I do wonder if... Uh, David, you you mentioned the pitch and out our brothing our broth. Um, If if we try and play a a slightly different way, obviously the the flanks are in terrible condition at the moment and that's where our main playmaker, Scott Tiffany, plays and and gets an awful lot of the ball. So I wonder if we we try and change that round a little bit. If we have two Strikers available, whether it's it could be and Graham, or um, uh, Alegría comes in, or we we try Cami Smith again up there. I I just wonder if we should um, have Scott Tiffany maybe behind the striker, almost in a you know a, a number ten role. Oh, I, th- I think it'd be quite interesting to try the the Trey Cortista. Uh, Seeing as on our pitch uh, we could grow a few of our own totties, <laughs> um, and uh, so that. <laughs> thank you.
1: How oh, How long were you practicing that one for?
2: Literally months. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, but then then further back, I th- Ross Docherty gets an awful lot of stick. I'm not sure Ross Docherty is doing an awful lot wrong at the moment. Um, personally, I think he, he 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 doesn't hide. I think he's always calling for the ball. He's always trying to dictate play. Um, it's 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 just difficult when there's there's not been that much ahead of him and and, and maybe not that willingness down either flank we've had to chop and change with our, our, our left back and our right back Stephen hendry has been in Kevin Holt's been there Foster's been there and um, we've got Mick, um, Kieran McKenna on the right who just looks absolutely shot of confidence it, it reminds me of, as, as much as we, we love Stephen O'Donnell and, and what he's gone on to do is just simply incredible but there was a lot of times when we first signed him and he would just go missing he, he was a real confidence player, and I see so much of that in Kieran McKenna as, as well, whether it's because he's on, on that right-hand side and playing in front of fans and, and hearing everything that shouted at him. Um, you know, I, I do feel a wee bit sorry for him. You, you don't just suddenly become I, a bad, I agree. bad footballer. You don't become a bad footballer. I, uh,
3: I don't know if you were at Dunfermline, but I just thought it was the most unhelpful thing that the fans were doing, shouting at him.
2: Yeah, I, I think okay i i i am a happy clappy fan but i I'd also like to think i'm i'm quite realistic and yes we we go to the f- football and lots of people get frustrated and they, they they want to voice their opinion and whatnot but for me, I don't know whether it's because i've usually got my kids with me it is much more about encouragement from our point of view and um yeah i i i just i struggle to 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 empathize with with that kind of viewpoint um you know if there's a player clearly short of confidence. You're not going to make him any better by shouting negative things at him. Um, he's he's not going anywhere. He's under contract. He's a professional footballer. He's expected to play football. Um, you know, maybe we should try and help him out a bit. So, a lot depends on 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 how training goes this week and who we've got back fit and who's well enough to to be in the squad. But it's getting it's getting close to the end of the season and you know, literally three weeks ago we we were cruising into the playoffs and it, you know. We were full of sixty six percent. And and now um we're we're really looking behind us. Uh but yeah, the the Wraith Rovers game is huge. But this weekend is also massive. We've got to keep in touch. Um, you know, a, a point minimum. If 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 we lose, it's it's gonna be really, really difficult for um in two weeks' time when we play Wraith.
1: No, I agree, Vinny, and I think we've said a cup a couple for a couple of weeks around it. Uh it's, it's hard to, to have a, a go at fans because obviously we are targeting a very niche uh, market um, as a, a Partick Thistle podcast. You know, if we piss Partick Thistle fans off, um, nobody's going to tune into this. But I think the the atmosphere in the last couple of away ends has been a bit um, verging on toxic. I think at Kilmarnock especially, oh, right, God. From the, right, right from the first whistle, Doherty was getting it, McKenna was getting it. And then when Cammy Smith came on, he hadn't even touched the... hadn't even ran onto the pitch yet, and he was getting it. And you're like, give them a chance, man. And even if they have... I don't think any of those players have been playing well in recent weeks. But you hear people shouting, oh, what's he got in you, McCall? He's, oh, it's just another one of McCall's favourites, like, about Doherty and stuff. And you're like, well, maybe he's playing because, like, the alternatives on the bench are, like, Stephen Bell and a teenager. Like... Maybe he doesn't have anything on me, call. Put Andy Firth in mid centre mid, <laughs> and, like, uh. and let, him, let him go. I mean,
0: like, I um I sat by I sat by myself in the first half, and I messaged Matt, going, "I'll sit next to you." Like, where are you? And he showed me. He says, "But be warned, I um, I am I am in a particularly spicy section." And I was like, "Oh, that's all right. I'm I'm used to people." shouting and stuff like that <laughs> and I was sitting and I was like oh my fucking god these people need to shop. these people are like a good 25 years older than me and I'm not a, I'm not much of a fighter but I I just wanted to crack about three people <laughs> sitting around me and you and your mum just let your mum just disappeared your mum just had enough and just let right. just disappeared into thin air like 25 minutes to go um and we just turned red she wasn't there aye fair play man
1: uh, Heather, what about you? What are you expecting on the field on Saturday? And can we get a score prediction, please?
3: Uh, of course. Well, I'm hoping that um, Graham will be back. And I think the signs of the if he's available, I think that will change things. I think the whole, I think it will lift the crowd. I think it will lift the players, knowing that there's options to come on either from the bench. I actually really like your idea, Benny, of the whole playing a little bit differently. I think we are so easy to read i think everyone i think every team knows that we're just going to try and pass the ball to tiffany no matter what and when he gets map man marked by three people that's then not available i'm always optimistic when at fair hill over the last wee well, maybe because of the fact that no one else can play on our pitch though so obviously hamilton really uh, took away that that idea that we had i would go i would be i'd happy i'd generally be happy with a draw and I I think that really ties into this podcast, is not it? But um, I'd I'd happily see a one-one draw.
1: Vinny, I'll come to you for a score prediction, but but before we get it, I just wanted to I forgot when, when we were get we get missed, we get distracted, we played into the the hands of the the idiots in the support. Um, the Tiffany is a, a sort of striker or playing behind the striker idea. It's something we spoke about about six months ago because I think he scored on the opening day of the season against Queen of the South. When he was playing through the middle for the last 20 minutes, he get moved inside, and he scored the winner late on. And I think he can definitely do it, especially if he had somebody like Graham or Ukuk back there to to hold the ball up and, and lay chances on for him. I think that's a really a really good shout.
3: I, mean, I know, Vinny, you spoke about Cammy Smith, um, and then Matt, you also said about the fact that Cammy Smith was getting dogs abuse before even touching a ball. But I do think that he. Um, is there any proof that Cami Smith plays that position? I just, I, I would really like to see Tiffany play the position that Cami Smith was being trusted to to play for so long. That I just, I, I've just not seen. I've not seen a good Cami Smith performance yet, and that's not me saying I don't think he's got it in him, but I just don't think we've given him the tools and the chances to be able to go and do that. Maybe the game where he scored, did he, did he score a header? But apart from that, even that game, I feel like he goes missing quite a lot. But that's just my. That's just my opinion. I, I think ever since at Inverness away, the three-three game, it's, look, some of the fans tried to sing, um, you know, "Daddy, Daddy, Cool" the song. They tried to do that with Cammy, Cammy Smith, and ever oh since that, God. I just, I've got, I've got the.
1: It. I'm gonna have to land a minute, even though he's not here. But I believe that was a Jamie McDonald suggestion. So, <gasps> Jamie, I was gonna say Jamie, if you're listening, I hope you're listening, because if you're listen, if you're not listening, who is? Um, but Jamie I think that was, that was your idea so you have to take the L for that one uh, Vinny sorry we've come the, the long way round to you for your score prediction
2: there. Uh, Do you know what 2-1 Thistle I like um, it I, I think we'll, we'll, we'll pull it out the bag and um, y- you can keep this in if, if you want but um, the last time I saw Partick Thistle win in the flesh like not on a screen was um you ready for this? October twenty
1: nineteen. Are you going on Saturday?
3: No,
2: it wasn't Vinny. It was my 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 so there was a couple of times we couldn't make games and then we went mm-hmm. back and we start obviously we we were in terrible f- form and we'd won the game up at Dundee or something. And the the last game at Farhill I went to was that game against Queen of the South, the midweek game where we should have got a penalty but it was given offside. So that was the last game I saw at Hill. I wasn't at the Dunfermline game the, the following week, and then obviously a lockdown happened, and you know, con- considering we've literally won a league, and we're in fourth place in the, the current league, and I've still not seen us win a game uh, since since 2019. So... I'm we've any. <laughs> but, listen, I, I also haven't been to the last uh, three games, uh, the, the, the two away games, and uh, I'd we missed the Hamilton game because my, my son, who's a ball boy, uh, was unwell. So uh, we, we we didn't go to the Hamilton game. So you can't blame me for them. Blame blame Heather.
3: Benny, <laughs> <laughs> you deserve a win. You deserve a win.
2: It's, it's been yeah. hard going. <laughs> so I, I was just going to say, I've literally seen Scotland win more games in in, in the flesh in that time right. than, 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 than win games
3: can you remember was the last one of the last games of our bro that we've won was that uh john lamby era I think it, it,
0: been. it will have been it's been i think it's been because at because least I'm
3: 20 sh- years
1: was jamie because talking I'm about sure jamie, was bit- jamie alive last time we beat our bro
0: i don't think so i don't think kieran was alive either
1: no
3: because i'm sure there's a video um, and that and that amazing man who did the commentary campbell, campbell hughes.
2: hughes yeah
3: he would do the commentary. And I remember there being a video of us at Arbroath and a, and a guy, uh, one of the Arbroath players, falls down and then just sits down at the tu- on, on the halfway line and watches our goal go in. And obviously, Campbell Hughes has had a, a great, a, such a, a really good joke about it. But I have memories of watching that. Um, and I think that would be, I'd be five years old and that's—and I'm 25, so that would make sense.
2: Yeah, that's, that sounds about right, actually, Heather. Jeez, yeah, oh. it's been a long time.
1: I'm so just I, looking. And so I believe it was the 3rd of November.
2: Was that the 2001? Yes. <laughs> 4-1. Yep. Paul, Paul Walker. What? Paul Walker with a brace. Did, did Derek Fleming score that game? And Martin Hardy.
1: Uh, this this website doesn't have enough information for that.
3: <laughs>
2: Where's
1: well, we'll
3: Statel when you need?
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so
0: based on the fact that we haven't beaten Arbroath in 21 years. And if any hasn't seen his win in two and a half years, all the signs are pointing to a glorious fistle victory, surely. And as well as that, we are obviously like, it, there is a law, Scott's law dictates that no club podcast is ever allowed to predict their team will get beat in the next game. So we have to predict, uh, at the very minimum, a draw. I'll go 2 0 Thistle, but I'd take one each if you gave me it right now. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, I'll fling in a nil-nil there we'll go another draw I'll go nil-nil I think the pitch is going to be a factor I think our growth will be up for it but they'll be very keen not to lose I think we'll be trying to keep it tight after quite a few goals leaked in recent games and I'll go nil-nil Anyone want to comment on anything else on the pitch before we I just move wanted on? I before. wanted
3: to talk about one thing and it's just because I saw it on uh, Facebook today did you see that someone, that there was like a conspiracy theory about the the wall for Kyle Lafferty's free kick not being 10 yards?
1: Yeah, it was more than 10 yards away. I mean, it definitely wasn't. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I just love that that's, you know, that's a kind of like the reason why we lost was because we we, we were 11 yards away, not 10. I really, I don't think that would have saved that, that, that free kick.
0: No, no I, we, it doesn't matter what yards away we were. We we not fucking saving <laughs> that many <laughs> <big> kicks.
1: <laughs> we really appreciate the, the conspiracy theories content, though. No, keep keep that coming. Um oh, sorry, right, I've got one thing I want to
0: mention. Um I just want to mention this, it'll take like two minutes just because um I get pissed off at the fact that we don't acknowledge it whatsoever at any other time. So and um, we got knocked out of the Glasgow Cup yesterday, <laughs> we got beat by Clyde, we've been terrible the whole the whole four games. And we, we drew one game against Celtic possibly and we get beat in every other game and we've been really bad but it should be noted for historical um, pertinence that we were shite in the Glasgow Cup and have indeed been the only team knocked out of a five-team competition in the first round but nobody ever mentions that they just it's this clandestine competition that they announce an hour and a half before the game and tell us are playing but apparently we had a player a, a trialist who scored Who's some junior's ace from Ben Burb. Um and I'm I'm all in on a, a junior's ace coming in, the new Erskine. Um I think his name is it Lewis Lovering. Um apparently it was an error in for him, but um yeah, sign him and get that guy from the Scotland under seventeens in the team on Saturday, and we'll all be fine.
3: I do believe people were calling for I don't know if you've seen yet that Thistle have put up a player of the month.
1: Oh and people
3: have been calling people have been calling for trialists to be available to, be- to
1: vote for. Um
3: but I have to say I- and I did want to add this in actually, the options for player of the month this week were quite questionable. It was Kyle Turner, Ross Doherty, and Kevin Holt. Um, I think that I mean my I mean I've I've voted I voted for Kevin Holt but I I, I was quite surprised after the flap that Ross Doherty has taken I feel that's just almost sending him out to the wolves.
0: I think they should always have Bannigan in this is just like a default would if we've been really shite, we can just vote for Stuart Banigan to win like Aye. his 82nd Player of the Month awards. Just kind of as an acknowledgement that we weren't very good, but Stuart Bannigan is still playing with us, so it's fine, we'll give him it. Aye.
1: You've got to think about his <laughs> testimonial as well and introducing them onto the pitch. 82 like, time player of the month winner, Stuart Banigan. <laughs> no, I I agree. I think I think the Docker, like you could I suppose you could look at it putting him out to the Wolves. But I, when I first saw it, I was like Well, that's just a bam up to get a rise out of folk. Kevin Holt, I think he had a pretty torrid game on Saturday, but I suppose he's he's scored a couple of match winners, so he's the obvious choice. Kyle Turner feels like he's been on the pitch for about 60 minutes combined for like the last month. But But look at the other minutes when he wasn't in the pitch. (laughs) Exactly, you're right. You're right. No, you're right. No.
3: That's almost like an award for putting a corner in that didn't immediately go out.
1: Yeah. David, see, just on the Glasgow Cup, I think to be fair, Clyde did put like a first team out and we had like school children and a Rangers Twitch streamer and goals. And I'm pretty <laughs> sure like Rangers and Celtic have been playing international footballers against our <laughs> wee school kids and that. So like, <laughs> I
0: think we don't know a how under much we 16. can redone to that. <laughs> two under 17s and three under 18s so i can we please at the end of the season can we please do the name the glasgow cup team that played rangers Uh, because that's like the best quiz question ever and i I can't wait to have a go at it
1: yes i might even like see if uh you ramble on fan ownership in a minute i'll have a wee look for that team sheet and we can play that game at the end if you want
0: right Um. I it's absolutely fine i I can (laughs) I can shoot the breeze about
1: fan ownership for five right, minutes David, if on. so fan ownership has been the big the big topic this week. And as we mentioned at the top, um, you have been, been living at large with, with Graeme Spears and the like. We did invite uh, somebody from the Jags Foundation to come on the podcast. We didn't hear back from them, but it's an open invitation Shut anytime up. they can come on or anytime they can come anytime they are free to come on they're welcome to it's the same for anyone involved with three black cats as well so david you have been on um graeme spears podcast this week chipping in your opinion on fan ownership do you want to share that opinion on a free to air podcast
0: absolutely yeah i mean you don't need to mention it so many times that i was on it <laughs> no just really
1: That's a big stick deal. It in. we're all proud of you
0: so I'll, I'll, I'll be leaving you. I'll be in the journal's press box. Me, James Kearney and Graham Spears up in the press box. Yeah, so fan ownership's been a big thing over the last week or two. There's been quite a few developments. Um, there's been some there's been news in the fact that they've actually had some news as opposed to the last three months when there's been no communication or anything like that. To give context, I mean, we obviously had uh, people on from the Jags Foundation or uh, what a couple of months ago about sort of November December time and at the time we had spoken to them and we were meant to be doing podcast stuff with them and kind of putting disseminating information so to speak about the, the project and stuff like that and then that all just completely dried up we've not heard anything and it's just kind of you know it's been stalled and then we've seen lots of people coming out lots of people resigning from the board and stuff like that they released a statement last week mainly because i think everyone kind of remembered the jags foundation existed and that they were like oh what's going on with this because it's meant to be june sort of june july that it's meant to be the transfer over they put out a statement basically saying that they've not been allowed to do due diligence on the club's finances essentially and um, this is all public information in the statement from the Jags Foundation this isn't sort of conjecture or you know pub rumours or anything like that. It's, you can go on the statement you can see it there and, and the idea is that basically the club have said that because the shares have been gifted they're not buying them they're not doing anything like that they don't need to do due diligence which I would patently disagree with I think regardless of whether you're buying or being gifted or whatever you should probably know what sort of state the thing that you're getting is in before it you know it doesn't matter if it's a club or something you buy off of ebay or, or anything it's the most basic thing is that you should know what sort of state and um, the thing that you're getting is in just so you, you're fully prepared and there's a lot of toing and froing with them in terms of trying to get the due diligence done and not doing it and this has started rumors about why they're not allowing them to do due diligence Is the, the club in the worst state than we think uh, the club re, you know not really bothered about giving the, the the shares over to fan ownership what what's going on uh with that the, sh- the short answer at the moment is we don't know obviously people have their own opinions i uh, you know spoke to people Throughout the last couple of weeks, who have talked about it and have you know various opinions on both sides of the spectrum. We spoke to people who were involved in the Jags Foundation who have now resigned. There have been a lot of resignations. We don't you know there's not many people left in there. So it's a bit concerning the sort of lack of movement with the Jags Foundation. I do I do still feel that fan ownership um, is is the way to go. We just need a viable model. I mean a good example of that is did any of you hear about Stainstown Town yesterday? this frankly insane press release that stainstown put out nah, did anybody hear about this no so no apparently stainstown town have basically stopped all games because the people that own them and the uh, that own the land have like they've they've un- they've uncovered this cons- conspiracy to like this company who own the land and stuff like that are involved in like human rights abuse um, human trafficking um murder they're funding russia all these mad mad insane things that like they own this club's land and this club have put their head above the parapet going here's like several international law violations that these owners are doing the owners and basically have us by the balls where they they basically want to run us out of town and destroy us to take advantage of the land and essentially you know sell off the land and make flats or you know student accommodation or tesco or whatever and it's this huge 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 uh, press statement which then apparently their their website was attacked um in a cyber hacking by people employed by the people they were trying to expose this was all happened yesterday and it just shows you you know private the, the problem with private ownership is it's as good as the person who's owning it and you you know you you don't know the this you know what private owners can do and stuff like that you, you can't be privy to that and having fan ownership gives you a bit more of a privy to that and allows you to have more control of your destiny and have a club to support basically but there, there, there definitely needs to be some retooling with the Jags Foundation they do need to regroup and um, I don't think June July is happening in any way shape or form and I think all sides would admit that but I do think it is important to basically talk about it and keep it in the agenda because if we don't if we let it let it, you know, just go back silent. We had three months of no communication, and nobody really bothered until basically we started being quite shy, and people started putting out rumours and stuff like that. So it, it's 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 important to note that there there is the fan ownership process is still ongoing. It has been stalled, and we do kind of need answers as to why it's stalled. Obviously, we can't know everything, but. People need to go public and just, you know, there needs to be a bit more information about it because we're, we're just in this limbo and nobody knows what's happening. And we, we deserve to know a little bit better, seeing as we're meant to be owning the club in about six weeks.
2: I was just going to very quickly say that I, I brought up the, the Stainstown statement. Uh, it's insane, isn't it? Uh, statement. And I have to say that if in the first line um, it refers to breaches of Section 54 of the Modern Slavery Act 2015, <laughs> you know that's going to be a great statement.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's, it's insane, it's huge. But yeah, so it just goes to show there's lots of shithead owners out there who want to run football clubs into the ground. It would be nice to to kind of take that out of the equation. But yeah.
1: So I was going to say, imagine when the Facebook groups are going to be like, field on that story,
0: man. Town fans, fuck the old firm Facebook group's going to be an absolute hive.
2: <laughs> Sorry, when you go, Heather. <laughs>
3: Um, I was going to say that I actually had a little bit of an email correspondence with the Jazz Foundation recently. I just wanted to ask what my money contribution was going towards, and um, and see if you know I could be inspired to continue paying and maybe pay more. And it just it just read, I just I just felt just felt like it read wrong to me. And I don't mean wrong as in like it's money's going towards bad things or things like that. But I just mean. So what what I was quoted was that my money was going towards bettering the match day experience to boost them or to boost the manager's budget for away day buses or to save for bigger projects. but the money would be chosen the, the choice of when the money was going would be voted by the members. But I mean we've been fed that story for quite a while, and as you said, David, you know there was three months of absolutely nothing. And if they were going to try and play by the the timeline they gave us, then I, you know, you worry about the money that you're giving to the club and, you, you know, it's apparently sitting in a bank account somewhere. But, you know, you're giving that money that you earn in good faith and it's going towards bettering your club so that, you know, future generations of your family are going to be supporting, uh, you know, the club that you love. But I just have to say I'm completely uninspired by the whole thing. I was part of a um, engagement group for fan ownership that and again that went extremely quiet we had a zoom call Oh, that must have been in like November December time like eight like um, or maybe even more like you know further ago than that and it was really exciting and it's just all just gone gone away
0: the only thing I would say about fan ownership is that obviously there is, you know, I, I totally understand people not wanting to put money into it and stuff like that when they don't know where the money is going and stuff like that. I, I would say one of the key vital things, and I, I didn't mention this previously or whatever, is that, like, people my age and, you know, like, headers and Matt's age, sorry, Vinny, but, you know, uh, even then, like, Vinny, you're not, you're, you're not that much older than me, if you know what I mean. I think there is a bit of a... <laughs> Uh, there is a bit of a two-tier system and all the people that were involved in the Jags Foundation were, for lack of a better word, the Blazers, the sort of older generation, the sort of 1971 club sort of people, they, 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 were, they were the people that were all involved in it. Not all of them, obviously lots of great people and stuff like that, but I think if you're a younger person, and I like calling myself a younger person because I'm in denial, um, it, it, it can kind of feel a bit intimidating, the fact that the people that are sort of involved in this aren't necessarily in the same demographic as yourself and I mean we've like you know uh we, we had 10 years ago we had kids go free now we have a generation of fans like you know Matt and you know people like you know Manpreet and Reese and stuff like that who all went on kids go free and became very vocal fans online and are kind of dictating the fan discourse these days who are not represented that much in it and I think it is important for people to get involved and put your ring in the hat, so to speak, and, you know, make your make yourself your voice heard because if you don't, it is just going to be the people who would normally would be in that situation. And that the the, the the key to the fan ownership is that people do need to be represented and they also have to have their voice spoken and yeah. So it was a case of obviously, you know, fair enough if you want to you know chuck your daddy Deborah or whatever as well. But definitely I would encourage people that if if they can, you know, look at what what you can do for them as well as um, because you, you do have a role to play. Sorry, I rambled on for ages here. Did you no, find? The... I,
1: I did. No, I was just going to say, I agree. And I I don't think you can be too critical of anyone who's given up their time and volunteer to be involved in the foundation. Cause I think no. by the sounds of it, it was, it was very time consuming and, and tiring as well. But I think going forward, the communication and engagement between foundation and fans needs to be better. And I think if, that engagement happens more people will volunteer to get involved if they, if the communication is here's something you can do specifically and people are like yep I can do that people will do it rather than just a general please we need your help and people are like oh I've n- no business experience I don't really know what I'm doing I'm not going to put my name forward for that if there's communication that's clear to people what they'll be doing how they can help specifically then I think people will come forward anyway yesterday I did find the Glasgow Cup team and we will play. La- we'll play last man standing. So I'll go round you, all and you've got to name one player from the starting eleven of our Glasgow Cup tie against Rangers on the fourteenth of December, twenty twenty one. And if you get it wrong, you're out, and last man standing. <laughs> David, we'll start with you. You've got five seconds. You're out. Go. Stephen Bell. Correct.
2: Heather. Stanway. No. Out. Oh. Benny? Uh Neil Lennon's son. Is it Gallagher Lennon? Gallagher
1: Uh incorrect. David, with one <laughs> correct answer, you are the champion. <laughs> can the I, can I have a go
0: at this? Can, I, can yes. I have a go at some of these names right? So I see how many I can get Blair Lyons. He was in. James wow. Lyon.
1: He's in. Senna. He's in. Um Billy Owens. He's in. Gospel oh, or Trolley. God. He's on the bench. On
0: the bench. Uh, Mason McCready. Uh, oh who's in goals in fucking hell um harry, oh harry stone correct <laughs> christ <laughs> um oh god we're getting into the real elephant graveyard territory here um oh who else um you have to expect the unexpectedness. I'm I'm tempted to say Darren Brownlee. So in fact, he's been in the like ICU for about nine <laughs> months. But I would not expect me. It's just a weird parallel universe where there's no rules. Um, it's not Darren Brownlee, no. Uh, but, 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 but I don't, do we have any other players out on loan? Um,
3: <laughs> was McIver around at that point? Yeah, he, yes.
1: was, he was number nine. He was number nine. Oh, all the time. Uh, Cammie Smith? Uh, no. Right, I run through the start of then because this is absolutely terrible audio. So we: had Harry Stone, sorry, Billy Owens, Stephen Hendry, Stephen Bell, Kieran McKenna, uh, James Lyon, Jake Hasty, Jesus, Moni Yang, Ross McKeever, Shea Gordon, and Blair, uh, allegedly Mark Wallace, lines. And on the bench, we had Mason McCready, Gospel Acholi, um, Stevenson, Laird, and uh, Stanway was on the bench, Heather. Um, so there, there you go. That, that was great fun. Thanks for playing. Earlier this week, David caught up with Craig Walker, head of media for the Thistle Women's team, about the Thistle Women's Cup quarterfinal against Hibs on Friday.
0: Now I'm joined by Craig Walker, Fissel fan and head of media for the Fissel women's team. Craig, how are you doing? You alright?
4: I'm very good. How's yourself?
0: Doing well. I'm excited to talk about the women's team. It's been a wee while well since we've talked about the women's team on the pods, but there's been some exciting developments. Um, I mean, Fissel, we knocked out the Scottish Cup, uh, the men's team by Dundee United, but we're going into a quarter final for the Women's Scottish Cup on Friday against Hibbs. Peter's Hill Park at 8pm. Are you excited? How, how, what's the mood around the team? Yeah,
4: I think it's certainly one of excitement. Uh it's quarter final of the cup chance to possibly get to a semi final. Uh tough game against Hibs, but it's a side we've beaten that Peters Hill already this season. So uh it's certainly one that's gonna be a good game and hopefully one that kind of fans can get behind and come along and support the girls and just show how kinda of, what they've been doing through this season.
0: Yes, yeah, so I've seen I've seen them a couple of times this season and it's they're really fun to watch. It's it's a really, really fun brand of uh, play. You can definitely see that uh, Brian Graham team, obviously Brian Graham's is the manager along with Ross Docherty as the assistant. You can you can absolutely see that within the team. And yeah, it's a really, really fun side. I remember I went to the Mudderwood game at Bawful down at Cali Braves. And that was a uh, that was a topsy turvy, you know, back and forth game. there's you know, a, a great a, a great free kick from Thistle and that and that was a couple of months ago. But that was a real, that was a standout game for me. It was real, really exciting. And yeah, you, you watch it; they're on BBC every week um, on the highlights, and they've got live games and stuff. And yeah, of what I've seen of the team, this seemed really exciting. Um, what what have your thoughts of the season so far been?
4: Yeah, I think I can agree with you. Say so they're very exciting to watch. I had another exciting game with Millwall just there on Sunday. A three each draw uh 2-0 up, went 3-2 behind and then brought it back to 3 each. Uh so there's a lot of excitement in the games are always good to go and watch. Uh a lot of action kinda of at both ends of the pitch. Uh but I I think they've they've done really well this season considering everything they've kind of had to deal with thrown into that league at the last minute and uh to try and kinda of stay in the league and uh perform. I think the the have always said that uh, they're there to compete and they want to show everybody that we can do and I think they've certainly done that this season.
0: You know, the Fistle team they had some struggles earlier on in the season. Danica DL had to have a stint in goals against the three biggest teams in Scotland, you know, Rangers, Celtic and Glasgow City. And yeah, they might not get all the results every time but you certainly have a lot of fun watching them, and they're just a very, very entertaining team. So, Craig, tell us a little bit more about Fistel's season as a whole. Where are they placing the league at the moment? How do you think they're doing? What's the general prognosis?
4: So, sitting third bottom at the moment, but they're only a point behind Mullerwell, who are the place in front. We do have a game in hand, so that can then uh, take us above Mullerwell and kind of back into the pack. I think that the, the league's very kind of it's split into sections. You, you've obviously got the top three, which is... Your Rangers, Celtic, Glasgow City i have got the big budgets and the full-time and the professional players, etc. So uh, they three are up fighting for the league title and the Champions League places. Then you've got a few teams just below that. And then I think the rest of the sides below that are kind of all fighting each other for that kind of maybe fifth to tenth place. Uh, I want a wee bit marooned at the bottom. and uh, We're currently three points ahead of Hearts so it's second bottom. Uh, but you kind know, of all the teams from fifth down to possibly Hearts are all you kind know, of think they can finish as high up the table as they possibly can.
0: The Hamiltons a good example for us. Of you know, Hamilton came up with us as well, um, along with Aberdeen. Is that right? Yeah,
4: were Hamilton. Yeah, 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 yeah. Aberdeen won the league last year. Hamilton finished second, and obviously uh, we, we, were, we, we, were, we were third, and then. Got promoted when unfortunately for 4 couldn't continue uh, but yeah as you said that, it just shows you how well they've done that we came up at the same time as Hamilton and I think it's currently 11 points the gap at the moment uh, from ourselves to Hamilton uh, and that's with having a week to, a week to prepare to uh, be in that league everything had been kind of set up to mount that promotion push from SWPL2 and suddenly find ourselves up and everything's got to change so uh, it, it's Absolute testament to the girls and to Brian Graham, Ross Docherty, Stuart Hall for the work they've put in and kind of getting the team ready and uh, getting them playing the way they are.
0: Absolutely. It's a, it's really exciting and you can see the leaps and bounds that the women's game has came on, even in the last season or two. I mean, Fissel played Hibs last week in midweek at Easter Roads. Hibs have done a couple of games this season at Easter Road as opposed to out in like a training facility or whatever. You've got other teams doing that as well. It's it's really, really exciting, especially with the highlights and the games on every week. There is a buzz around Scottish women's football that wasn't there before. And obviously with the changes in the league structure, I know it's part of the SPFL as opposed to the SWFL. It's an interesting time to be watching women's football. I certainly say it, for anybody who you know is a fiscal fan or whatever, it is a really great atmosphere to go down to, especially if you've got like kids and stuff like that. It's a really good family atmosphere. You can go and everyone's very encouraging, and as there was a great piece that, that you did that um, they posted on the women's team about one of the players and her mum being in the crowd every week um, with the tambourine, and I, I've been to games before and seen her and stuff, I know exactly um, who it was, and it was a really great piece just about um, the players coming in and what it means to be a fossil player, and as well as that, you know, their family supporting them and stuff like that. It's, you know, it was a great, great piece, and, really give a good insight into the women's team.
4: Yeah, thanks. Uh, yeah, I, I really enjoyed putting that uh, piece together. Uh, it was on Rosie Slater. She's come in, done exceptionally well for a, a very young, just turned 18. Has uh, played exceptionally well this season. And as you said, her mum and her whole family's along every week, encouraging and supporting. But uh, as you said, the atmospheres are good at the games. Uh, very encouraging, very positive. Uh, and see more and more kind of personally the official men supporters coming along and it it would be really good to have more along to come and just come along try it, support the girls because they certainly represent that badge with pride and uh, they'll always give their all and I think that's one thing Brian always goes on about that even when we're facing the top sides and the, the, the gulf, let's be honest is massive, you're playing against players are training full time and every day and uh playing for Scotland etc and uh we've got players c- coming off straight off 16 hour night shift to go and play on a sunday uh it's kind of it just shows what the kind of the, the gulf is there and the, the things that people don't realize that our players have to kind of go through to play in these games yet yeah, they, they turn up on a sunday and give it their all for the badge. so as i said it'd be really good to come and see get uh some more fans along to Peters Hill on a Sunday. We've got three home games this month, uh, starting Friday night uh, in the quarter final cup, which I think you know, there's a wee bit of some excitement about a cup game, but not only a cup game, but on a Friday night underneath the lights as well. That uh, It'll be quite special. So I encourage as many people as possible to come along, just uh, come along to Peters Hill, watch the game, and I, I think they'll be
0: very much entertained definitely and yeah and I think that you, you can kind of feel that it is it is growing in terms of you know there are more people coming along and stuff like that and the, 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 in the future you, you will get that sort of bigger contingent and I think that there, there, is a, there is a market to be tapped into there and I mean getting to the semi-finals of the, the Scottish Cup I mean <laughs> we've not been to the semi-finals of the Scottish Cup in what like 20 years, be against Rangers at yeah. Yep. like you know, getting to semi-final of a Scottish Cup would be, would be huge for them and, and for Thistle as a club. Am I right in saying the semi-final is a neutral venue? I know cup uh, ones yeah, 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 yeah. the week-up once was at fourth bank.
4: The neutral venue, I think the semi-final is at Fulcourt, I believe. Uh, it'll be a neutral venue if, if, if we can manage to get there. Obviously, Hibs will be a tough test. Uh, yeah. Well, it wasn't the best of draws, but at the same time, we've had two matches so far. where I played, As you mentioned, we played Hibs just last week and beat us one nil at Easter Road which probably deserved to take something from the game players performed well just uh, couldn't take the chances and we beat them 3-2 earlier in the season at Peters House. so uh, both games have just had a goal in them so it, it could go either way and I'm hopefully confident that the girls can do the business
0: Yeah and I just think what a, what a day it would be if um Thistle got to semi final at, at Falkirk Stadium where you got fans on if you if you kinda have a cup semi final to kinda you know rally around like that would be that would be a great day for the women's team and really an, another step. So it's a it's a huge, huge game on Friday. How many games are left of the league season? Do you
4: know? Uh I, oh, off the top of my head I think we've got seven left. Seven, uh, so it's uh, it's fairly we've hand, so we've got a game in hand. So it's certainly business end six or seven anyway, certainly the business end of the season. Uh, we've got three games this month, uh, all at Peters Hill, Friday night against Hibbs, and then uh, two weeks later, uh, on the 17th, we've got Celtic at Peters Hill, and then the week after that, the 24th, it's Hibbs again at Peters Hill, so two matches against Hibbs and a match against Celtic all at Peters Hill this month, so uh, a chance for people to get down and uh, watch the team.
0: Definitely, and I'm I'm looking forward to catching one or two of those games, um, because yeah, I, I do really enjoy it, and yeah, I think that if, if you can get people along and kind of make it into more of a more of more of an event, and if people get into the habit of doing it, they'll keep going. That that's it. Like if they if they get into the routine, they'll keep going, and it's it's a good way to 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 support the club and the the strides that the women's team have came through in the last what four years. Well, two successive league promotions. One of them was undefeated. We were beating teams 18-0 on the way, and then getting up into the second tier, and then going up from the second tier, and getting here and holding our own in the Premier League. Like the, the leaps and bounds that they've came on the last couple of years is incredible, and you just feel like you know the sky's the limit in terms of how far how far they can go in terms of you know being a competitive Premier League side. So, um, I'm definitely um definitely looking forward to seeing it and. Hopefully, obviously we can get, we can keep ourselves. It's the bottom two that go down, isn't it? Uh,
4: b- bottom goes down in the second play in the playoff. Right. Second in uh, SWPL two. Uh, yeah. So Dundee like, United have already won uh, SWPL two, so they're coming up. Uh, Hamilton currently sit at bottom, uh, and then Hearts are currently in the playoff. And then I think it's possible to be Glasgow bottom Muir and Kilmarnock, I think for that second place,
1: uh,
4: and yeah. in, in the league below, but. I, 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 to be honest, I think we've said all along this season that staying up would be an absolute massive achievement. But still, the girls have done so well that actually you're kind of looking up the table and just seeing where can we finish, what, uh, what can this team do? So it's certainly a special bunch of girls and a special team. So uh, just how high can they finish uh, with kind of some good results to, between now and the end of the season? We've got still to play a lot of the teams round that, and then round about us uh, so there is, we've, we've already played Rangers twice in Glasgow sorry, Rangers three times Glasgow City three times so uh, actually hopefully actually now uh, we're facing a lot of teams in and then round about us so hopefully if we can get points there and push ourselves up the table and just see how high we can finish but I know obviously the ambition is there to Try and finish, not just this season, but going forward as high as we can. And as you said, the the, the women's game's grown absolutely uh, massive over the last few years. Just look at tonight, 91,000 at uh, Barcelona, Real Madrid, in the Women's Champions League at the New Camp. Uh, it's just absolutely unbelievable uh, figure. So it shows the appetite there, and it's certainly growing
0: absolutely now while we have you on i just wanted to ask you a couple other questions so if you want to talk a little bit about 41 sports media and the stuff you've been doing with them recently
4: it's just basically i use it as my kind of portfolio of media work to try and uh can kind i of see what i can do for other people and uh in terms of that so obviously i do a lot of work with the, the women's side still volunteer for the men's side and the uh on a saturday as well so a lot of kind of physical work involved in there, but also trying to kind of work with other people, just looking at the websites and social media content and anything else that I can, video content, anything else that I can can I do to uh, can I uh, it's, it's kind of help become, them. It's become a passion, bit of a passion, a bit of a sideline such such, since I kind of started uh, doing media work for the club, that's come up towards ten years uh as a volunteer for uh for the club so i've I've kind of learned a lot in that period so trying to put it to good use and seeing who i can help and what i can do for some other people as well
0: yeah i mean like some of the some of the stuff you put out has been fantastic like the the dylan documentary and the one from last year about the title winning season have been absolutely fantastic you know great stuff and um there's been lots of Really, really good stuff. I mean, um, on uh, the club social media, you can see a real uptick over... I think lockdown maybe forced people to be a bit more creative and stuff like that. I remember the Senna one. The Senna one was really, really good as well. And, you you know, the club has done really, really well in that.
4: Yeah, certainly. There's a, there's a good team at the club, I know, in terms of the half-time stuff. Christopher Dobie does a lot of that, and he's, he's fantastic at doing that. Obviously, the brain Graham when he done was absolutely tremendous uh, and we've, we've got obviously Graham McRoberts and uh, Brian Welsh a few others who uh, do some fabulous work at, at the club I'm kind of just in terms of that I'm just a small cog in the wheel of trying to do our best with all Thistle fans who I, th- I think obviously want to do our best for the club and put out as much good content for the fans as we can uh, it's challenging at times obviously but uh, try and put as much good content out for the fans as we can and in terms of the stuff I've done, like the, the Senna documentary, that was something I wanted to do for a long time, since I, I remember watching Senna for the under-21s, uh, under-20s at the time, uh, and then obviously I had all those work permit kind of issues and things like that, and uh, it's, it's been a story I've kept an eye on since, since the start, and kind of uh, wanted to tell, I, th- I think, a lot of the stuff I do, I enjoy telling stories. It kind of links up to the, the rosy one I've done for the women's team and I've, I'm hopeful there's a few others coming because there's a lot of good ones for uh, good stories with the women's team. Uh, so I enjoy telling stories and let people kind of know these stories because uh, I think if people kind of knew the people behind the player as such then sometimes that helps support them that wee bit more and Kind of either know what they've gone through or ho- ho- know who they are as people. You always tend to kinda of root that wee bit harder for the, the good guys or girls or uh, whatever. So yeah, no, I, I really in- enjoyed telling stories. I obviously loved working in the do du- the duels when he's a absolute hero for the club. So that 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 was great to be able to tell his story, speak to uh, for- former managers and players and teammates and things like that. And then obviously telling the Story of the champions, uh, league one, champions league. That'd be good. Uh, the, the league one. There's a lot of ups and downs and everything else, but just telling it from the players' point of view of everything they had to deal with and uh, things like that, rather than just putting together a kind of a highlights package which you can see a hundred times, but just tell the story of that in a, in a wee bit different way. And I really enjoyed kind of putting that together, and hopefully others, those who bought it or have watched it, have
0: enjoyed it too yeah definitely harkened back to remember the old uh, season reviews you used to get but as you say those tended to be a bit more highlighty sort of you know here's this game this game this game this game whereas yours was there was a narrative around it and it was yeah i, I really really enjoyed it. i love that sort of stuff as is anyway but no it, it was fantastic the other question i wanted to ask you am i right in saying you were registered for the club for one season <laughs>
4: I was,
0: yes. Yes. Uh tell me yes. about what it was like being a fistle player for the year. What happened? Uh
4: it was actually absolutely, absolutely brilliant. Uh it was cut short due to COVID. It was a COVID season. Uh so unfortunately I think that possibly means I've got relegation on my CV, so maybe that's why I've not been picked up by another <laughs> club. Uh but no it was it was fantastic. Uh I kinda I, I didn't take it all that seriously, but at the same time I took it very seriously. Uh yeah, so it was the end of season ball, uh, part of the auction there, uh, the beer pro package. Uh, and straight away I knew I wanted to win this, so I was all out to win it. So uh, I was uh, preparing my bank cards already all night and uh, fortunately managed to, to win it in the auction. So,
0: How many uh, shandy said you had by the time the auction came up? Were you... Well, do, do,
4: do you know what? I, I don't drink, so actually that probably helped me because I
0: think the people I was bidding against were too drunk
4: by the time, it came towards the <laughs> end and maybe forgot to kind of go back in or whatever. So I, I sat the night, just scrolled, There's was, 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 was like me iPad things on the table. Yeah. Uh, so I spent the night kind of looking through them and trying to <laughs> just, just make it, just make it a check and every like, so often I was still looting it. Uh, so fortunately I managed to do it. So uh, yeah, so won that. And then, uh, so got to go in for the open day training session. Uh, so going that got my kind of profile photo taken that sort of thing, uh, and then Jerry Britton and at the time manager was Gary Caldwell, contract, like full contract that sort of thing. Uh, I was on a bonus if I ever played, uh, and then a further bonus if I played made five appearances. So never reached either of them unfortunately. Uh, but uh, got paid.
0: How attention. close did you come? How close did you come to playing? Because you always had uh, some sort of injury crisis. As-
4: yeah, I had uh, dreams of coming on the last day and winning the league and all, all, all that sort of thing. But no, nah, I don't think. I, 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 I would, uh, but the way we've been this season, I might have still a chance. Well, for the last few games, <laughs> you never, never know if you still a chance. But yeah, so I, I signed the contracts and uh, I've got I've got on my wall now. I've got my my shirt. Uh, so I've got a squad number and uh, so I've got my signed shirt framed with the contract and the team photo and my profile photo on my wall. Uh, but yeah, signed the contract, took part in the open day training session. I bit overweight uh, and that was, that was so tough. Like, box drills in the middle and they're just passing around you and I'm like, oh, I felt so bad. And, at one point, like it was me to go in again and Shea Gordon was just like, no, nah, that's all right. I'll go in. You just have a rest. I was I was knackered. So I think at that point I knew I was never never going to make it. But no, I, it was great to be honest. I signed the contract and had a wee party at night to kind of celebrate and kind of kind of make the most of it as such. Uh, but I had my profile on the website. Uh, I was uh, down as a target man, and uh, for anyone knows me, I'm five foot four, so <laughs> certainly not that. Uh,
0: I remember you were on so, the programme a few week, weren't you yeah, as well
4: yeah. yeah I was in the programme had a couple of player sponsors uh, <laughs> which, 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 which was good uh, and uh, yeah just made the most of it really uh, so I mean, it was good fun and then went in for the team photo and that sort of thing and to, to be fair uh, a lot of the players were good with it as well they had a, a, a laugh with it uh, I remember it. Chris Doolan's testimonial night dinner they had uh, a, a very drunk Scott Fox was telling everybody that I was his teammate and all that sort of thing so that, that was quite <laughs> fun uh, so yeah so they had fun with it too and uh, so it, it was good so no it I was certainly like, a great experience I, I was never going to make it as a footballer uh, but to, to be able to do that and just say that I've Sign a deal with a club I love. That just uh, it was it was it was a dream come true and uh, it was something I'll, I'll always remember.
0: If they, if they came to you today and said "Craig, we need you to start against our broth on Saturday. Save us Obi Wan, you are our only hope." Are you doing it?
4: Oh, I, absolutely. <laughs> I, 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 I think uh, I don't think we're to be too pleased and, uh Oh, no, I if, mean, I, if I did it, things. the
0: crowd would be bigger than the Morton game of all the people just wanting to heckle me, so... <laughs> I, I, um... yeah, true,
4: yeah. yeah, you might <laughs> get a few people there like that, but no, I, I, absolutely. Uh, you kind of, as, as much as you know that this, you, you've paid for this and all that sort of thing, you kind of go, well, maybe maybe there's a chance, maybe the <laughs> crisis last game of the season just hits off me, I, I don't know, but you, you, you always kind of, at the back of your mind, you thought, well, what if? What if? But I, I, it was. It was good fun. I've got my as I said, I've got my frame shot uh on my wall and uh stuff like that and that's kinda where the my squad number is forty one, so that's where my forty one sports media stuff comes from.
0: I I've I have i have won the Hill Cup in my first year and I, I think it's probably of like the top three days of my life just playing at Far Hill and winning a trophy. Um not many people get to do that at Far Hill. I, I won uh, the Fur Hill Cup as well. Yeah.
4: Uh, on my first year as well,
0: actually. What year was it?
4: Uh, I think it was the
0: very first one. All right, I think I was the second one. I was 2016, um, and I remember it was really tense because we went to penalties, and the guy who took the fifth penalty for us, he says, "Oh, I can't handle this," and I'm like, "I know it's really nervous." He said, like, "No, I need a push," and I was like, "What?" And he said, like, I, need, "I need a push," and you're like, "You're going up for the fifth penalty," and I'm, like, I'm absolutely bursting my back to for swimming. I was like, God, and he went up and the guy just turned to me and just went, he's missing this, isn't he? Aye, aye. And then he scored and immediately ran past us all in the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know James and running <laughs> against martin it was him, he just immediately went to the toilet. It was so. Hey, I just want to yeah, ask you come-get-me plea to you, McCall. Any Glasgow, well, the Glasgow Cup finished yesterday, but if there's any Glasgow Cup games next season coming up, I will gladly pull a shift in as a, Diminutive centre back who has um a deceptive strength. Um I I think I could batter some sixteen year old Clyde players or something like that. I could definitely do that, no bother. So I I'm sure I, mean, I come get me Fleety McCall here um for next season. But um yeah, is there anything else you'd like to talk about at all? I know I just kind of sidelined you for 20, 10 minutes.
4: <laughs> not, not at all. Uh, no, just obviously I'd encourage as many people as possible to get along and support the women uh, if, if they can. Uh, we're, we're trying to obviously put as much out as content out as we can on kind of social media, so please kind of follow the social medias and get involved and. Uh just even if you can't get down, just, as I said, follow the socials and just keep an eye on what they're up to. And you're seeking of a, a special group, a special team and uh, one that they, they do. They all love pulling on the Thistle shirt and uh, they're proud to do it. And as a Thistle fan, they make me proud as well.
0: Definitely, I think we're going to have to sponsor a shirt next season. I think that's going to have to be um, uh, the case. I think we've we've dragged our weight on it too much, uh, and I think we'll, we'll need to go and sponsor one next season. And obviously, it helps out because, again, as you're saying, you know, they're working like sixteen-hour shifts before playing. They're not professionals or anything like that. There are, you know, part-time players who have real jobs and stuff, and you know, obviously, the funding isn't the same as you know at the men's yeah. level or anything like that. Like
4: yeah, anything. Say, yeah. with, The sponsorship uh, is always greatly appreciated. Uh, I know we've got an auction on at the moment uh, with some really good surprises. The details are on social media and I think they're on the ptsc.co.uk website as well. Uh, So a lot of good kind of things there, including lunch with Brian Graham and Ross Doherty, if uh, if anyone fancies that. Uh, But there's some signed shirts on there and a few rounds of golf and uh, afternoon teas and a few other bits and bobs that people will enjoy. So... I, yeah, as you said, the, the funding is slightly different. Uh, so anything we can raise, obviously, will help uh, the girls for next season and hopefully push them on further.
0: Do you get to choose where you get to have lunch with Ross Stroker and Brian Because I hope they like Burger King. I think I'll be get a <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah.
4: Lunch, is, lunch is included, but I, I'm, I'm pretty sure. Uh, if, if you want to take
0: them to Burger King, they'll be uh, more, more, more than happy to. The Bell Rock our broth is probably a bit too far away to take them, so I will, we'll let you compromise, but yeah, but no, that's fine. But um, thanks again, Craig, for coming on. Um, We'll ho- hopefully get some more people from the women's team on schedules permitting for all of us Um, before the end of the season. Can yeah, you get back absolutely. in the swing of um, Yeah, no, I'm happy to, and I
4: know a lot of the girls are always happy to come on and chat and Uh, they love football more than anything so uh, I'm sure they'll be delighted to come on and chat and uh, tell you all about what they've been up to
0: Definitely, no I say more thanks again Craig No problem at Um, all, thanks for having me
1: finish as we always do with our Partridge Thistle section and I'm just going to ask you a simple one and David we'll start with you what is your favourite joke?
0: Uh, My favourite joke is a really simple one I I used to work with a pal called John and he used to have this joke that he used to use in difficult situations and just when there was awkward silences and stuff like that and it's very very simple I use it all the time what do you call a snowman that plays the piano? Melton John <laughs> just makes me giggle <laughs> every time. Heather, so before we
1: before we started recording, you said you've you've got plenty of experience of fake laughs being a teacher, so I'm I'm glad you got to put that to good use there.
3: <laughs> Thank you. Uh,
1: I'm just Heather on. <laughs> Heather on, you go. What's your joke?
3: Okay, well I've gone for a football one. Um, how do footballers stay cool during a game? Do they stand near the fans?
0: <laughs> for God's sake. I mean I know mine was bad, but I mean come
1: on.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I know. I just it was actually wrong, that's all I had. I'm really sorry.
2: Funny. So there was this guy walking down the street and uh there's a there's, there's a fella approaching him and you know, the guy looks up and he notices something strange. The fella approaching him has an orange for a head. And I think that's that's really weird. I need I need to stop him and like so he's like mate mate excuse me excuse me um you you've got an on fire head and the guy's like oh I know I know it's a long story and starts to walk on the guy's like well could could you tell tell me the story I'm I'm really curious right okay then uh, so I found a magic lamp and uh, I rubbed it and out came a genie and he said I had three wishes. Right, okay, so what, what were the wishes? Oh, well, the first wish was um, to, to, to have an end to world hunger. Um, so, so that was granted. And the fellow's like, "Oh, yeah, no, I, you know, I saw that in the news. That's, that's fantastic. Didn't realise that came from, from, from a magic lamp. Well done, you. That's, that's very noble. Oh, thanks very much, mate. But what, what about this orange? Oh, I'll, I'll get to that. I'll get to that. So for my second wish, I, I wished for as much money as, 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 as possible so that I could. Give money to my friends and family you know distribute it give it to charities everything like that and um uh, and you know that that wish came true as well it's like that's you know, that's fantastic but um um what, what was your third wish then oh i, I wished for an orange for a head <laughs> oh. <laughs>
0: Oh, dear. I was going to say an orange man walking down the street in Glasgow was there like a big like, <laughs> traffic behind them or
2: <laughs> uh, so yes one, one of my favourite jokes uh, always I, like you David just always makes me giggle every time like just sometimes at work I'll be a bit bored and I'll just think of that joke and uh, I'll have a wee giggle to myself Keep, keeps me going <laughs>
1: We did get a few, a few. Uh, I'll keep them anonymous. Direct messages, but I'll, I'll tell you my joke first. Uh, again, as he's not here, Jamie McDonald, will tell a, jo- a Doctor Who joke for him. So, why do the Daleks eat apples? Go on. Dunno. Because an apple away keeps the Doctor away. For
0: fuck's sake, man.
1: Oh. <laughs> right. <Jeez>. So, <laughs> so uh, friend of the show, Brian, um, at somewhat Aldan, Aldente, has um anonymously or not so anonymously DM'd us to tell us um, a woman goes into a butcher shop um, and she looks up and she sees a, a new butcher and he says oh, what happened to the young lad who was working here and and the butcher who it turns out is the manager of the store says oh, I had to let him go he was completely unsuitable and she says how so oh. and the, the manager says I oh, kept sticking his dick in the bacon slicer she went <laughs> Oh my, well, how's the bacon slicer? And the manager said, well, I had to sack her as well. (laughs) Terrible, terrible stuff that we do not approve. And uh, also friend of the show, Ross Alexander, who once again has not so anonymously direct message. This one's a better one, but uh, it's a similar tone. Um, Might have to be edited out. Um, So there's a, a guy who gives up something different for Lent each year. And he finally runs out of ideas so he discusses the predicament with his priest and he decides to give up sex for a month and a week later the priest asks him how he's getting on with this and he says father i failed after three days so the priest asked him what happened and he said well it was my wife's fault she was wearing a short skirt and no knickers so when she bent over to pick up a tin of beans i couldn't help myself and the priest put his arm around the man and says don't worry you won't be banned from heaven for having sex with your wife and the man said, "Thank you, Father, but I've been banned from master <laughs> Oh
2: dear!
0: Obscene smuts that we do not condone on this podcast. Um we do This not. this, this yeah. episode contains a strong language and scenes of a graphic nature. <laughs> um,
1: Let's be um,
2: appalling. I, I
1: think I think that was it. No, Dad and uh, at Dad's Jag. The, the classic, why is there no aspirin in the jungle? Because the parrots eat them all.
0: Great. Do you know what the parrots got their paracetamol? them <laughs> all? Go on. Amazon.
1: Oh, jeez. Of course. Yeah. We. <laughs> I've um, got.
3: I've got a non-football one. Go on. You see, what do you do when you see a spaceman?
2: Park oh, it. Park it.
3: Man. Man. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Sakes.
3: Uh, or, I,
0: or, or, I, I should say at this point, Craig Walker has been waiting like 45 minutes for me to do a conversation with him, so we should probably wrap this well, up.
1: Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry, right, I've got one more sure, question. I'm
0: really sorry, they just told me <laughs> shite all the time.
1: <laughs> I've got one more question. This is a good one. It's from Tom Hosey. Uh, he's asked if Partick Thistle were a beetle, which beetle would they be? I'm assuming he is referring to um, popular music icons the Beatles and not like insects or cars so um, so if Partick Thistle were a beetle which beetle would they be? Anyone chip in with that one?
0: I'll go for it. seeing as I listened to Paul McCartney's Liverpool Sound Collage last week and loved it. I definitely think that that, that Paul McCartney's the most Partick Thistle sort of um the most Partick Thistle sort of beetle and that he can pull off some amazing stuff at time, pull off some weird stuff and as well as that he's always got a good catchy tune uh, from time to time that could get really stuck in your in your
2: your brain nice i'll i'll go for ringo um because i i don't know if you if you watch the, the get back documentary but no matter what was going on with with the band what drama was happening ringo was there he was there on time um for every rehearsal just got on with it he had to sit and listen to everybody's bickering and whatnot and it he just got on it, uh, was was thoroughly professional and um yeah, so I I think live, living in a, a city where there's two people bickering all the time, I think Ringo is part of this so. He just sits there, gets on with it, uh sometimes gets the limelight um with uh with with, with lead vocals in a song, but otherwise it's just there in the background, being solid. Heather?
3: Well said. I think the only thing I would add is that I think a Beatles version of uh, T-H-I-S-T-L-E would be incredible.
2: With Ringo and lead vocals.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I'll go John Lennon because I believe he is is widely widely credited with writing the song Help and Partick Thistler just one big cry (laughs) for help. So I'll go John Lennon. Um, Vinny, Heather, David thank you very much for joining us. Joining me on Draw, Lose or Draw tonight, we'll be back next week to look back on, hopefully, we've said this for about three weeks in a row, the end of a losing run, and to look ahead to our trip down to Dumfries next Friday night. In the meantime, stay safe.